0: Today on the Lockdown Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues took on the best regular season team in NHL history in the Boston Bruins, came back from a 3-0 deficit, however, came up short in the shootout, eventually falling 4-3. It was a strong effort. It was an admirable effort, however, didn't get the two points, came away with the loss. Going to be talking about that and more in today's episode of the Locked On Blues podcast. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for blues content. I'm your host, as always, Josh Hyman. If this is your first time tuning in to Lockdown Blues, welcome to the show. I've been covering the St. Louis Blues for about five or so years, whether it be writing tweets, writing articles, or hosting this podcast, which I've done for about three years. If this is not your first time tuning in, thanks for coming back. Thanks for making Lockdown Blues part of your daily routine, making the show your hashtag first listen. Got a special weekend episode for you guys. Going to talk a little bit about the Blues' loss last night to the National Predators, but spend most of the episode talking about the loss to the Boston Bruins. I think it was a tale of two different teams, two different efforts for the St. Louis Blues. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was a good one. Uh, However, the St. Louis Blues have been eliminated from playoff contention officially. So they will miss the playoffs for the first time since 2018. Lots to talk about in today's episode. Uh, Let's start with the Nashville game last night. I mean, there isn't a whole lot to get into. It was a 6-1 loss, almost a 7-1 loss, but one goal was overturned. Thomas Gray struggled. Blue's offense didn't generate anything, only getting 22 shots on goal. It was pretty much wraps halfway through the second period, as it was 4-0 Predators. Uh, Kale Rosen has sneakily been one of the blues best defensemen this year when he plays was able to get a goal for the blues to make it 4-1 but the magic wasn't there like it was tonight in boston uh, or against boston i should say um as the blues proceeded to give up two goals after that eventually losing six to one i mean a few things that jump out to me there um are the atrocious offensive production in the first and third period. The Blues were uh, very strong in the second period, getting 15 shots on goal against Saros and the Predators. Um, Didn't lead to any goals, but it was promising, you know, heading into the third period, you hoped that they would have maybe a bit of a comeback, um, and that was not the case. You know, in the first period, they only managed three shots on goal to Nashville's 10, which is pathetic. Um, And in the third period, they only managed four shots on goal to Nashville's 15. This has been a problem that has plagued the Blues throughout the entirety of the season. Just lack of shot generation, lack of ability to, you know, generate secondary scoring chances. Uh, No rebounds, which changed uh, in the game against Boston. They got a couple rebound goals. Uh, By a couple, I mean one. (laughs) But um, still, you know, it was a very disheartening loss against the Predators. A few other things that jump out. Um, the National Predators won 36 face-offs. The Blues won 12. Just a pathetic showing in the face-off circle. However, you could look at the fact that the Blues only had like one natural center in the lineup. Um, Robert Thomas did not play. Um, the centers, I think, were like Kapanen, uh, Shen, Bucinevich. Did Bucinevich even play? No, Bucinevich didn't even play. Um, so the centers in that game were not natural centers, which you could definitely chalk up that, that disparity to. but still just a disheartening loss for sure. Blues got safe to say embarrassed against the national predators. It was six one, but it wasn't even that close, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, heading into a game against, like I said, the best regular season season team in NHL history. They haven't quite secured that yet. They're still a few wins slash points away, but they're the fastest team to 50 wins. Uh, Bruins got their 60th win today against st louis i think it's safe to say that they're pretty much the best regular season team in nhl history if you really want to debate the semantics there feel free um but yeah i mean having that loss heading into a game against the boston bruins and the bruins starting the game as strong as they did i was really really worried that this was going to turn into like a 10 nothing loss today against the bruins but it wasn't the blues showed a lot of heart um, and they showed that when they're playing their best they can hang with the top of the top in the NHL being the Boston Bruins. Now, you can look at that team and say, "We, you know, they didn't have Bergeron. Um, I don't think they had McAvoy. I forget who else the Bruins were sitting. But, you know, the Blues didn't have Thomas, didn't have Bujnevich, didn't have Scandella, um, and didn't have someone else I'm forgetting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, strong effort from the St. Louis Blues. And I'm going to be talking about that game against the Boston Bruins here in this second segment. But before I do, I want to tell you guys about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and is now the perfect time to download FanDuel, which is America's number one sportsbook. That is because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, it is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores, even threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Super fun. Gives you a lot of stuff to keep track of and increases your odds, Uh, or not increases your odds, but increases your payout. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right. So following the St. Louis Blues' embarrassing six one defeat, they let the or not let the, but they had the current fifty nine win Boston Bruins, big bad Bruins coming into town. Um, I believe also on the second leg of a back to back, the Bruins played yesterday as well. Uh, and we're sitting some guys, you know, didn't have a full strength roster. However, they're the Bruins. They had Blues going against Linus Allmark, who has had one of the best goaltending seasons in modern NHL history, just in terms of win-loss record and all that stuff. Um, Jordan Binnington in between the pipes for the St. Louis Blues, and I was pretty optimistic about that. Um, I think his his mental edge and and the way that he plays, you know, with his heart in his sleeve, a team like the Boston Bruins, I always expect Binnington to have success against because he had success against them in the biggest stage in hockey, Um, and that was proven proven correct. Uh, Binnington had a really, really solid game. you know, obviously didn't get the win, but still was a big part of why the Blues were able to hang on in this game and eventually force overtime and a shootout. He was spectacular in the overtime, but let's break it down period by period, play by play. There are a couple of notes that I had. Um, first period was tough for the Blues. They they were, they were hung around. Um, you know, they, they struggled with shot generation again. Bruins got 12, Blues got 8, uh, and Jake DeBrusque eventually got the first goal off of a rebound. Um, it was a tough goal for sure. Blues had a three-on-two that broke down. Colton Pereco tried to step up into the play, got bodied. Eventually it turned into a two-on-one or a three-on-one for the Boston Bruins, with Nick Letty being the only defender back for the Blues, which is less than ideal um, in that situation. Uh, but it was a it was a decent first period, I think. You know, the Bruins came out pretty hot. Uh, they definitely dominated play in the first and were the better of the two teams. As you would expect, you know, the Bruins are have already I think already clinched the pres no, yeah, they've definitely already clinched the president's trophy. And the Blues now have clinched a lottery spot. So it was definitely a game that the Bruins were favored to win, obviously. Um, in the first period showed that um penalty kill was decent for the Blues in that period. You know, they they killed off a penalty. Did they did give up a goal immediately after, but I saw uh, or I heard a stat during the game that the announcers at the Blues were uh, five for 15 on their last 15 penalty kill opportunities, obviously. So they had allowed 10 penalty kill goals or power play goals over the last 15 opportunities, which is atrocious. 33% on the penalty kill is awful. (laughs) There are some teams that are 33% on the power play. You know, that's obviously like otherworldly, but still um, it's it's bad. And the Blues did a pretty decent job of of holding Boston off um, on that power play. Obviously, it didn't help too much as the Bruins scored pretty much as soon as that power play expired. Um, but you know, coming out of that period, they were they were in a decent spot. You know, down one nothing. But I think that they did a good job of not letting the Bruins completely control momentum, completely control the play, um, and you know, had some success there. It looked it looked closer than it should have. I think. I think the Blues looked you know, like they were hanging around with the Bruins more than people would expect. Um, part of that could be to the fact that the Bruins have already clinched, a, you know, the President's Trophy and weren't quite bringing it as much as they could. And I think that was especially apparent in the second half of the game where the Blues absolutely dominated. Um, but at the same time, you know, the Bruins are maybe the most, you know, top to bottom, the most talented team in the NHL. Um, even with guys out of the lineup, their forward core is filthy. Their defense is stacked. And their gold heading tandem is otherworldly. They're just, on paper, better than any team in the NHL, especially the St. Louis Blues. So, you know, the fact that the Blues were able to hang on in that first period was encouraging, um, especially considering the shot disparity. And I think the fact that the Bruins had the majority of chances and the majority of possession. Um, Heading into the second period, however, is where things got a little bit ugly. Um, The power play for the Boston Bruins has been struggling this year. Very much so, uh, and but the penalty kill of the Blues was worse. It's sort of a um uh, uh, a what is it a stoppable force meets a movable object, <laughs> as they say, um, and the Bruins eventually did crack on the uh on the power play with Tyler Bertuzzi scoring a goal right at the goal mouth. Um, it was a spectacular pass from David Pasternak, but then you look at the fact that there was t- Tyler Bertuzzi just just sitting there with his stick like basically in the goal. And, you know, no one's taken him. I think it was Letty who was out front there. Um, and, you know, Binnington, obviously, him and Letty combined to let that pass go through. It's a tough one there. It was obviously an incredible thread-the-needle pass from David posternock But at the same time, you look at that, you'd be like, wow, that's, that's a little embarrassing that that passing lane was wide open. Absolutely nothing Jordan Binnington could have done there. It was a spectacular pass that just got through and... I honestly, I think I could have scored that if I was in Tyler Bertuzzi's position. It was one of the easiest goals he will ever score in his career. He didn't even—he swung and missed with his stick, I think, and he got it with a skate. Um, it might have been a different goal, but still, it was—it was—it was a a slam dunk, pretty much an alley oop goal for the Boston Bruins. Um, and then the Blues really struggled to regain their composure after that, giving up a goal forty seconds later to Oscar Steen um, from Trent Frederick. So. Uh, St. Louis born uh, native in Trent Frederick to a guy with the name Steen on his shirt uh, to score for the Boston Bruins was was a little a little tough to see Um, I think that was another rebound goal for the Bruins uh, if I if I remember correctly Um, I might be wrong but that was just a just a very disheartening goal to see you know the Blues just came out very 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 flat after giving up that second goal and it kind of felt like they it took all the wind out of their sails and Allowed the Bruins to just skate right in and have a you know a goal that was almost easy as the one before it, which is saying a lot because the goal before it was like the easiest goal of of uh, Tyler Bertucci's career. Like I said, um, but you know the Blues did a good job of not letting that completely defeat them. Obviously, they eventually came back and tied the game, and that started with Jordan Cairo getting his thirty fifth goal of the year with just nine seconds to go in the period. Huge goal from Cairo. Braden Shen, who had taken a beating in the game, had to get his finger all taped up because he got a skate blade on his fingernail. It was nasty. If you saw the close-up in the game, it was awful. And then after that, he took an uncalled high stick to like the side of his face, right below his eye, and had to get like five stitches or something like that. Came out back on the ice, hit Jordan Cairo, who just waltzed into the zone, and fired a wrist shot past the eventual Vesna winner, Linus Allmark, and all of a sudden the blues have some life, you know, a two goal deficit heading into the third is much, much more manageable than a three goal deficit where you have yet to score. And sure enough, the blues, you know, from the 10 minute mark of the second period on, they were a dominant team, but the third period is honestly one of the best periods they've had in a long time. One of their best periods of the season, they outshot the Bruins 15 to five and eventually turned that into a two goal comeback in that period. Um, Tori Krug had a spectacular game on both ends of the ice, and it started in that third period. But before I recap the third period, I want to head to one more quick break. But don't go anywhere. Stay tuned as I will talk about the rest of this game and wrap up today's episode. Be right back. Alright, so I mentioned Tory Krug before the break, and I want to give him a big shout-out. I think this could have arguably been his best game of the season and one of his best games ever as a member of the St. Louis Blues. I think playing his former team had a big part in that. He had a really funny interview where Um, he made fun of Marshan's nose. I forget exactly what the quote was. Um, I think they basically asked him like, do you, do you enjoy playing against your former teammates or something like that? And he goes, Oh yeah, I love it. I love playing against my former friend or not my former friends, but I love playing against my friends on the team, especially the guy with the big nose, something like that. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but you could tell that he had a fire in his belly. Um, this game, he, he was playing like a man possessed out there. Uh, you know, playing strong, strong defense for him and creating a lot of offensive opportunities as well. Um, and sure enough, that paid off. Uh, about halfway through the third period, the Blues came down. Saad and Shen combined for a bit of a give and go before Shen took a shot on goal and the rebound popped right out front to Tori Krug, who just fired it into an open cage. And all of a sudden, the Blues have a bit of life. And you're looking at it, you're like, oh, it's a one goal deficit. You know, any anything could happen. The Bruins definitely had looked like they were checked out of that game. It looked like they had pretty much looked at that three goal lead and said, "All right, cool, we win." Let's let's you know, half ass it for the rest of the game. Um, and that's definitely what happened. You know, uh, you could you could see that that the Bruins weren't giving it their all, and the Blues took advantage of that, which is nice. You know, it's nice to see a Blues team that senses blood in the water and takes advantage and attacks, and that they very much did. Tori Krug showed a ton of emotion after that goal, which I was happy to see. And then the Blues eventually got a five-on-three opportunity, which felt like, you know, do or die if they're going to win this game or have a chance to win this game, they need to score there. And that five-on-three was pathetic. Um, They had a lot of zone time, a lot of possession, uh, but I don't think they generated a single shot on goal. And the Bruins were able to clear the puck like three times on that penalty kill, and two of them were for the Blues' missing passes. Like, they would be in the corner and try to pass it out to the point, and it would just be offline. It felt like they were rushing a little bit, you know, trying to be a little bit too perfect, and that was very frustrating. It felt like, you know, they could have they could have just fired more shots on goal, especially when you got a goalie in net like Allmark, who's so darn good. You're you're better off just trying to get a dirty rebound goal than a a perfect finesse one timer. You know, he's gonna see those. He's gonna he's gonna be able to stop them. Um, but it didn't matter, as they didn't even get a single shot on goal. And that was disheartening. It felt like, you know, damn, like that was the one chance the Blues had to tie it up. However, um, they took advantage of the Bruins lackadaisical play, and Jordan Kairu got his second of the night with 30 seconds, or not even 30 seconds, 25 seconds to go in the game, assisted by Braden Shen and Jakob Varana. Just a just an effort play. All in all, an effort play. I think the the Blues did a good job of staying in this game and, and not giving up and playing to the final buzzer. And I think the fans were a big part of that, knowing that you know, the Blues were pretty much eliminated from the playoffs. You still heard let's go Blues chants, standing ovations and stuff. And I think the players were, were you know, playing with a lot of motivation against the Bruins. And sure enough, that led to them being able to tie the game with 25 seconds left. Jordan Kyrie took advantage of a, of a good shot opportunity and scored his second of the night. Looks like his his beef with Craig Ruby that happened in the, in the Predators game motivated him a little bit as he had a spectacular game. Against the Bruins, he was everywhere. He was hustling back on defense, which a lot of people were criticizing him for, which obviously is frustrating. But conversation for another day. And then we head into overtime, which was incredibly wide open. Bruins had like two or three breakaways, but Jordan Bennington was spectacular in OT, turning the Bruins away left and right, um, making big saves, cool, calm, and collected. The Blues were all right in overtime. They didn't have a ton of high danger scoring chances, but. They held on with the Bruins, eventually leading into a shootout, which is a toss-up. You know, there's not really a whole lot I can say about the shootout. Stinks that they lost. Stinks that um, you know, Jordan Binnington let in not a weak first goal in the shootout, but you know, whatever. You can't really criticize players in a shootout too much. It's 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 a toss-up. It, it it's a skills competition. It doesn't matter. Blues earned a point against the Boston Bruins. However, the Bruins eventually came away with their 60th win of the regular season only four teams have done that the Bruins obviously being one of them um look admirable effort from the Blues you know you can't really complain unless you're looking at the fact like oh why they have to get the extra point it's just going to hurt them in the draft lottery whatever I'm 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 past that at this point um it's clear that the the Blues are going to be a decent enough team down the stretch where they're not going to be a top five or top six uh draft lottery position and that's okay you know it, it is what it is either way they're still going to get a top 10, top 11 pick in a very stacked draft. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to indulge in that as much as, you know, um, part of me would love to see the blues, you know, in the, in the lottery odds in the Bedard odds in a few months when they're drawn the draft lottery. But it's also fun to watch them play competitive hockey and play with passion and win some games. So very admirable effort against the Boston Bruins. We only have a few regular season games to go. I'm looking forward to seeing how the blues can, rally and play some good hockey knowing that they're not in a playoff spot knowing that they're guaranteed to miss the playoffs for the first time in, you know half a decade so that being said that is all the time i have for you guys today hope you enjoyed a special weekend edition of the Locked On blues podcast make sure you're followed or subscribed wherever you get your podcast that way you never miss a new episode also subscribe to the youtube channel at locked on blues uh follow on twitter and instagram the show at locked on blues obviously and tiktok you can follow me on twitter at Josh Hammond, NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.